This morning, we're looking at giving the Holy Spirit. Giving the Holy Spirit. And Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13 is our text. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. Then he said unto them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from the inside, the answer says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed, and I cannot get up and give you anything. Now, in our culture, we would say, Wow, that's a big bed. <laughs> but if you think about the cultures, um, you know, like in El Salvador, they, they, they would live in one room. If they're lucky, they have a two-room house. And so people are on the floor, people are sleep, sleeping in hammocks above the, you know, so the adults have the hammocks and the kids have the floor, and they're all in the same room. Um, some of them uh, sleep outside. I mean, they have a roof over their head, but they have, they have air conditioning that, that you know, the, there's no walls. <laughs> so they sleep on these hammocks between, uh, between poles and stuff underneath the roof. And so... And they generally have one room, this one pastor I remember who lived at, uh, you know, we were at his home, and, you know, his home was underneath like a pole barn. It wasn't that big, but it was under poles and a tin roof. And the, the kitchen was at the one end, uh, was, a, you know, like a little fireplace, and there was a big stone there that was used for cutting, cutting the, you know, vegetables or whatever. And then you scraped them off to the pig pen, which was just below the, which just below the, <laughs> and chickens were there too, just below the uh, stone. So you would push, you didn't have to carry it very far, just push it off, it was in the pig pen. And they had one room that had, all, had four walls and a door, and that was for hurricanes and things like that. Other than that, no one was in the room. So whenever it says this, that, you know, the kids are in bed and we're in bed, it means they're all sprawled out on the floor and I'm not getting up, stepping over the kids and waking them up for you. <laughs> so that's what this is about. So do not bother me. The door has already been shut and the children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and get you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, Jesus is giving this story. So being persistent in your prayers is important. Now we move on. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> I spoke on it the last couple of weeks. Uh, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be given or be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. So that spoke of as the divine law, that for everyone who asks, receives. Jesus doesn't put any, um, any um, additional information there. He says, if you ask, you receive. All right? Now, suppose one of, your fa one, suppose one of you fathers, okay, dads, <laughs> suppose one of you fathers ask, is asked by his son for a fish. Will he give him a snake? instead of a fish. Um, if he asks for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion. I always wondered about that. What on earth is the snake and a scorpion, an egg and a scorpion? It's like, there was, there is a scorpion 
I didn't see it, but I read about it, that there is a scorpion that when its tail is all, you know, curled up, that it can look like an egg. And you know, I'm sure people mis- may be mistaken, oh, there's an egg. <laughs> it's not an egg, it's a scorpion. So if somebody asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Well, verse 13, this is the text for the sermon. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Giving the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Now, if we, when we look at this text, Jesus is not trying to belittle earthly fathers, okay? He's not trying to say, all earthly fathers can't, can't measure up. No, what he's telling us is that we do have a fallen nature, and our nature has flaws. We're not perfect. Kids did not come with a manual. All right? When you showed up, they didn't deliver a manual, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How am I supposed to take care of this kid? You figure it out. <laughs> so there's all this goes into it, you know. It, it isn't, it's just like we try and put it together. What was it like when I was a kid? I don't know. I don't remember. I was too little. So, <laughs> so. but anyhow, there's no manual. And so Jesus refers to uh, this as if you then being evil. You don't have all the answers. You don't know all the answers. It's kind of a hit and miss and everyday thing. So, and of course, when they become teenagers, it even gets worse. Not exception of all the kids present, all right? <laughs> you know, it's not worse. All right. So, <laughs> it's not worse. So anyhow, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? See, if the best the fathers know how to give is, you know, and can, can give good gifts, God is saying, Jesus is saying here, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? Remember, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is Christ's representative to whom has been committed the entire administration of the church until Jesus returns. So the Holy Spirit is third person of Trinity. He abides within us, lives within us, empowers us, and as we go on, we recognize that all gifts are comprised in this one gift, the Holy Spirit. All the things that God wants to teach us, the Holy Spirit is the one who is going to be our teacher, our tutor. That what we know of God, how we have experienced God in our life, it isn't because we understand it all. It's because the Holy Spirit has made it real to us. You see, whether we know it or not, the Holy Spirit has been with us, guiding us, bringing us to God, you know, having those desires to pray, being convicted if we're, you know, like, oh, we can't do that. Well, why can't I do it? Is it because of something in my head or is it because of God's Spirit in my heart? And so when God's Spirit in our heart convicts us or says, don't do that, he also gives us the power, the strength not to do those things. Oh. So the Holy Spirit, again, third person of the Trinity, is the gift that we are to seek. Paul said, desire earnestly the best gifts, and so desiring more of God is really one of the best gifts. And our prayer is to have more of Jesus, 
or we used to sing the song years ago, to be like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the answer to that prayer. When we surrender our life to Christ, we know that Jesus forgives us. But Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. No, again, we have to understand the divine. God is everywhere present at the same time. So the work of Jesus was to come, die on a cross for our sins, teach us, the disciples, and they wrote the Gospels in the church. But he, when he ascended to heaven, he says, Terry in Jerusalem, wait there till I send you another comforter. And another means just like myself. So when Jesus says, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to send to you one just like me. So they were not losing something when Jesus went to heaven. They received the Holy Spirit and came on the day of Pentecost, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So the Holy Spirit is the answer to our prayers to be more like Christ, to understand the scriptures. So we find that the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. Okay? People who are lost. You know, when it comes to, the, we talk about uh, the great judgment seat, um, the judgment seat of Christ where all the wicked dead are brought before God. So they're resurrected. And they will know every time that God had tried to lead them, to, the Holy Spirit had tried to lead them to faith in Christ, and when they said no. They will know those times. You know, and, and they will know when they rejected and gave up on God, and that will be their sentence to hell because Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Hmm. We don't want to be in that group. But it is the Holy Spirit then that convicts us, leads us, and it is the, the Holy Spirit is the perfecting of the body of Christ. It means that uh, when the scripture says, he who has begun a good work in you, meaning God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it before you die. So you see, we are in a lifelong learning process. And it is the Holy Spirit that is working, leading, guiding, teaching. Sometimes we are willing students, and sometimes we just are not. And I think of that as our, well, our fallen nature, our desire to do what we want or something to that effect. You know, often whenever we think of the Holy Spirit, we often think of the gifts of the Spirit, and that's in 1 Corinthians 12. And I want to read this because, remember, for, for myself, all right? I'm a son. Many of you maybe met my mom. I don't know if you ever, anybody here ever met my dad. Did you meet my dad? Uh, Jan, Jan met my dad. Bob, you were too young. You don't remember her. <laughs> maybe you did, maybe. Maybe you're like me. I don't remember either. But anyhow, Jan met my mom and dad. So, um, so I'm a son. I'm a brother. Uh, I have three older brothers. Two are in heaven, and one's waiting to go. And <laughs> So, just kidding. So if you're watching, Jim, hi. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope you're still there, you know. But anyhow, I'm a brother, I'm a father. Um, 
I have kids, I'm married, I'm a teacher, preacher, pastor. So those are things that I do, but that's not entirely who I am. So when we read about the gifts of the Spirit, that's not entirely who the Holy Spirit is. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the third person. Now the reason we say that he is a person is that he can be grieved. Grieve, don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, Scripture says. He can be resisted. He can actually be turned away. So the, when God comes and speaks to our life, it is not a forceful do this or die. It is um, he will lead us in the path of righteousness. You see, the same wind that blows in our faith, excuse me, blows in our face as we're going to heaven is the same wind that blows on our back that pushes us into hell. <laughs> For you see, God is leading us into the kingdom of God. Evil tries to get us to turn away from and go away from God, which is departing from all that is good. And whenever you get up, whenever you give up on good, you are then receiving what is bad. When you give up on light, you find yourself in darkness. Whenever you give up on hope, you find yourself in fear. So you see, the, everything that is associated with our relationship with Christ is one of leading and guiding, and that he will lead us into the kingdom of God. We follow Christ. We follow him. It is a willful decision. So, now about the gifts. This is 1 Corinthians 12, and we're talking about what different aspects of the Holy Spirit here. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, some, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols, dumb idols. <laughs> so <laughs> this dumb idols is basically, they carved out figures uh, out of wood or out of stone, and people worshipped them, and they attributed unto them divine characteristics. They attributed unto them divine characteristics so much so that they would sacrifice their children to appease a dumb idol that never, never, never did or, or can speak. And people were killing their kids in order to make this idol happy. <laughs> it was disaster. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. So people were actually thinking that they were speaking for God and cursing Jesus. And Paul says, no way. It's not happening. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit then is one who is working and, and leading and teaching us so there are different kinds of gifts. This is where we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is more than just one aspect. The Holy Spirit is a person who does many, is many things. There are, there are different kinds of gifts, but it is the same Spirit that distributes them. There are different kinds of services that each of us have a different way of serving God, and, and we're not all the same, but yet it's the same Lord. Whenever we speak for God, no matter what our job is, and, and carrying the message of Christ, there are different kinds of services, but it is the same Holy Spirit that helps us in our service. There are different kinds of working, 
but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The manifestation made known by the senses. God makes himself known to us. That's the Holy Spirit. See, <laughs> I have in here somewhere, there, a, a friend of mine, uh, his denomination has a couple of seminaries. At one of the seminaries, they had a Hindu teaching the New Testament to pastors. Okay? I mean, does that sound strange? Yes. Because they were teaching, that seminary was teaching their future preachers the history of Jesus, not the life of Jesus. Because the person who was teaching it may have believed that there was a Jesus 2,000 years ago, but he didn't believe that he was the resurrected Savior. And he was teaching seminarian students. You see, people can know a history. You know, I, I, maybe I know, the hist I know some of the history of George Washington, but I don't know George. <laughs> He's dead. So I know Jesus because he is alive. And the teachings and the, and the Gospels and all that, so the Holy Spirit makes, reveals, manifests those things to us. So we know that we know that we know. I haven't seen Jesus, but I believe in him. I haven't been to Paris, but there is a Paris, France. You see, there, there are things that we look at. Let's go on. Verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another miraculous power, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits. That's an important one. Sometimes we just know something's not right with someone. It isn't that they're mentally off, they're spiritually off. That's the Holy Spirit that gives you that discomfort. Stay away from them. See, that's the Holy Spirit. Stay away from that. No one has to tell you, stay away from there. There's just something inside of you, hair in the back of your neck stands up, it's like, that person is evil. There was a guy who walked into a restaurant where we were sitting he walked in, he walked by me. I didn't have to look at him, I knew he was evil. <laughs> he was some type of cult leader or whatever, but I knew he just was walking by and he goes, something's wrong here. <laughs> His spirit and my spirit were totally different because the spirit that is in us is the spirit of Christ. That's the eternal spirit. So we see that there are many things that the Holy Spirit can do and it is the working of the gifts of the spirit. And your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Hmm. Often we may think of the Holy Spirit and we think of the fruits. Okay? The fruit of the Spirit is love. So this is the same Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. It's like, that's just something that the Holy Spirit helps us to be. I always remember, gifts are given. 
The Holy Spirit gives gifts, severally as he wills. You lack wisdom? How does all this stuff fit together? Ask God. If any of you lack faith, well, ask God. If any of you want to have knowledge, you know, there's a, no, there's a divine knowledge that God can impart to us. Knowledge. You know, the, the word of knowledge. We have to understand that God can give to us certain aspects of something we need. And he does so, and he just puts it into our mind. Just puts it into our heart. It's just a thought. He gives us a word or gives us a bit because he cannot give us, he who is all knowledge just doesn't dump it in our head. He gives us words. He gives us an understanding of what the moment is to prepare us for the next one. So whenever we look at love and joy and peace, the peace of God that passes understanding, that whenever we are in a great conflict of turmoil in ourselves and turmoil around us, the peace of God, we just back up and say, Jesus, thank you for your peace. That peace is the person of the Spirit that comes in and makes everything okay. That's the presence of God. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to the children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Did you know that except for the book of 2nd and 3rd John, every other book in the New Testament contains references to the Holy Spirit? Every book but 2nd and 3rd John. All these references to the Holy Spirit are are not limited to the gifts that we just read or the fruits. They're about how the Holy Spirit comes to impart to us these gifts uh, gifts and knowledge. Every gospel begins with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, some churches and some denominations today, they don't like the Holy Spirit. They are afraid of, uh, of fanaticism, you know, people running over the pews and, you know, all those types of things. But uh, they, they return to, they go to formalism, which is just a form like the Pharisees, a form of godliness, but no power. The Holy Spirit is the power. So only the Holy Spirit can make real what Jesus has made possible. I like that phrase. Only the Holy Spirit can make real what Jesus has made possible. You know, if you believe, all things are possible. It's the Holy Spirit that inspires that. Your dreams, what you want to be, what you want to become, who inspires that? Is it something in our head? Is it something in our heart? Something in our heart that comes from God and it tells us, you can, you can do this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for me, I, when I, I felt God called me to the ministry to be a pastor, I thought, oh, all right, I can do this. And uh, I'll go to Bible school and they'll teach me how to talk. So the church I was at at the time in West Virginia, I was in college, and so I'm going to be a preacher. They asked me to speak. I did four minutes. Now you pray for four minutes. <laughs> God, let me go back to four minutes. Well, but when we hear the Spirit of God, or whenever we think of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, it's all a reference to Jesus. It's all a reference to the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. 
the Holy Spirit was there when, with Mary when she conceived. The Spirit was upon her. And, and you know, the Holy Spirit came upon her and she conceived and that was the birth of, of Christ. The Holy Spirit was there at his baptism. When John baptized him in water, he came out of the water and a dove descended upon him. And the, God the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God the Father... God the Holy Spirit, the dove, God the Son, Jesus. The Holy Spirit led Jesus in his ministry. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness and sustained him there for 40 days. The eternal spirit offered him without spot to God. Jesus on the cross. And, and one thing for us, I think, is that the Holy Spirit was the quickening agent in Christ's resurrection. That's why Romans 8, 11 says, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal body. So it's the same Holy Spirit that quickened Jesus in the grave. It's the same Holy Spirit that abides within us when we die, and when our bodies in the grave, our spirits, are, are, you know, everything that is life in us in heaven, that the same spirit that is in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, in us will quicken us and will be raised from the dead. It's the same spirit that keeps us in our faith day by day. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get a little confused. Okay, well, the spirit of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, whatever. Think of, I think of it this way. The Spirit of Christ, Jesus on the cross. He died for our sins. His, he, his blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. By his stripes we are healed. He is risen from the dead. The Holy Spirit, think of Easter. We think of Pentecost. When the Spirit of Christ comes and empowers us. You see, in um, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now remember, Jesus told his disciples, go to Jerusalem, wait there, and wait for the one that I am sending. Okay? So they went and they waited. They didn't know what to expect. And so suddenly there was a sound. Okay? The sound. This is all the work of the Holy Spirit. There was a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. So there was this sound. Of, this, is the, this is the work of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. A wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. It's like a tornado going on inside the room, but there was no, they weren't being blown over. It was the sound of that tornado. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. They saw what appeared to them. So there's this wind blowing, but there's no wind. They're howling of what they hear, and then there's this big fireball in the middle of the room, and they see it. This is, again, the Holy Spirit. And it's separated. It divided itself and sat upon each of the people. And that was like the, 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 the burning bush to Moses. It was the experience that the, the, the followers had, and they received the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. So you see, all of this was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So we find that it's not just gifts, 
not just fruits. It's not just individual gifts. It continues to build on. It continues to be more. Just like I'm a, a son, a brother, a father, a husband. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is gifts, fruits. See this fire, sound. You see, this Holy Spirit will help us pray. Because we don't know how to pray as we ought. You know, there are certain things I, I would like to have. I keep reminding God of them. He seems just not to hear me. I don't understand it. But, uh, but you see, there's a condition to our prayers. Because God wants what is good. <laughs> and good means that which is perfect for our life. Not just some whim that we are looking after. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit in power. The Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, anointed Jesus. The Holy Spirit can anoint you, anoint us. That anointing is an endowment with power, a supernatural presence that fills our, fills our life. So and as we pray to have the Holy Spirit, it's not about how we feel. Nor is it the depth of our understanding because if you think, if we think we can understand the Holy Spirit without him, <laughs> can't happen. But we, under, we know enough to ask for the Holy Spirit. When, we, when the Spirit abides within our life, we begin to understand the things of God. When you try to convince somebody they need to ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins, so let's, I can't wrap my head around it. Well, let's continue to wrap your head around it. Maybe your heart will follow. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> you have to believe with your heart that Jesus, what, we're, what is being said to us, that he will save us and forgive us of our sins. And when he forgives us, there is this, understanding of forgiveness, this lightning of the load of life in which sins are forgiven and the Holy Spirit comes to abide within us and we're walking with God as we were originally intended. You see, he delights. Jesus delights in answering our prayer and giving us the Spirit. Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Our weaknesses. We don't have to fix everything. We allow the Spirit to help us. For we do not know what we should pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Groanings that are too deep for words. Sometimes there are events in life that are just beyond our ability to express. Pain, sorrow, frustration, fear, whatever it is, and we just kind of say, oh God. That's the Holy Spirit praying through us. He is the spirit of truth, the spirit of love. He is the power of forgiveness. He is the giver of gifts. He is the grower of fruits. He is the revealer of truth. And he is the one who empowers us as believers. So would you come? I have asked them to come and sing a song. So as we think of the Holy Spirit, he is sweet. We have the sweet presence of God. 
There is, I've never experienced this, but my grandmother talked about it. How that whenever in a church service, there was this sweet smell. There was this, there was this fragrance. She had never experienced before. And it wasn't someone's perfume. It was the presence of God. There is, like we said, there's a fire. It was the fire of Pentecost. People gather together outside the room. They want to know why this place is burning but not being burnt down, like the Moses in the burning bush. There was this great sound that not only the people who were in the upper room, but the people outside of the upper room heard. And the Holy Spirit is that third person of the Trinity who lives to live in us and to draw us closer to God. It is our duty to ask. It's our duty to ask. And if you lack faith, ask. If you lack wisdom, ask. If you need something, ask. If there is a problem, a test, a difficult coming, ask. But never forget to give thanks. Never forget to give thanks. But you shall receive power from on high. You shall receive power from heaven. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And it is just as natural as breathing. He is the breath of life. You see, the Holy Spirit, we complicate it. We make, it some, we make him something that is so far beyond us. In reality, Jesus, you know, the work of God is to make, him, make available to us God himself. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Let's stand. There's a song that I thought of. It's in the hymnal, and I asked the ladies to sing it. It's page... 496, and it's just a chorus.
with an invitation. Holy Spirit, come into our lives. As we have received Christ into our hearts, we have received the Holy Spirit that makes him real to us. So God, we thank you. We thank you that you love us enough to let your spirit be a part of us, be a part of who we are. And we ask, God, that you will lead us and guide us, empower us, and let the strength of your spirit be our strength. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your very own special way. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayers. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming. Amen. God bless you. (laughs) God bless you.